Hey friends, this is Truth, Lies, Shenanigans, the live show for Wednesday, October 7th, 2020. My name is Neil, and I'd like to welcome all of you to our crazy, fun, deep, and impassioned show. Now let me introduce you to my amazing co-host for the night. In the opposite corner, we have the always profound Washingtonian, Miss Lizzie. When I say Wednesday, you say hump. Wednesday, Wednesday. Hump. I said it. I said it. Happy hump day, everyone. Hope you guys are ready for tonight's show and for a little debate later on this evening. Big debate. And below me, we have the often thought-provoking and sincere Canadian, Rob B. Hi, everyone. It's great to be back. Happy hump day. Happy Wednesday. And uh, yeah, I was looking at some of the comments already. And Mike, we will keep this on time so you can watch the vice presidential debate. <laughs> you. and you're going to watch it with us. All right. For today's show, we have another TLS guest spotlight with incredible musician, composer, and producer Dustin Moore. Also, we'll get the latest on the Corona Petri dish, also referred to as the White House. Lizzie will be talking about the uh, Supreme Court and comments on gay marriage. And Rob B tells us how Mr. Sulu, George Takai, trekked all over Trump's proud boy. <laughs> Don't forget, we are live everywhere. Our show streams on YouTube, Facebook, Periscope, and Twitter at TLS Live Show. And you can also watch us at www.truthliveshenanigans.com. Now let's get your friends involved watching with us today. Take a minute and mention them in the comments section. And of course, we always love it when you join in the conversation yourself. We'll be responding to all of your comments. Well, as many as we can get to all of your comments and questions in all our live feeds. Uh, and that'll be live on air. Uh, Sunday, we had the most interaction we've had for any show. So hopefully we see a lot of that tonight as well. So maybe we, can maybe we can actually top that. Also, we've got a huge vice presidential debate tonight after the show between Kamala Harris and Mike Pence. Uh, make sure you hang out with us and join the interactive watch party we'll be having. Your comments will be popping up live on screen. We'll have fun commentary. And Lizzie will be leading up tonight's drinking game debate. Bingo. <laughs> We have a new drinking game, new drinking game for the folks. Come on with it. Go get Our your bottles. You still have time. You still have time. <laughs> Our last uh, watch party was a lot of fun, so make sure you join us tonight. Now, before we jump into the show, let's get an update from Lizzie on what's been happening uh, at the White House. The White House, you mean the Rona House. The Rona, Rona House. House. Rona House, 1600 Pennsylvania Avenue, Washington, D.C. The Rona so, House. When we were last with you on Sunday, um, we had gone through the previous week's um, Rona cases in which we learned that President Trump and his wife Melania had tested positive. They announced that on Friday. And throughout the weekend since Sunday, we've had some more updates. So first and foremost, the president's press secretary, and I always mispronounce her last name. So let's just call her Miss Kaylee. Miss uh, Kaylee. McKinney? McKinney, McKinney, I think I believe. I think that's how McKinney. you pronounce it. Mm -hmm. um, Kaylee McKinney tested positive, even though she, throughout the past six months, has been telling people she doesn't need to wear a mask. Well, now she has the Rona. In addition to Kaylee, her press secretary, because she has an assistant that, you know, works with her, she too has tested positive. Then we have Stephen Miller. 
our good boy, Stephen Miller, who is, um, what do we want to call him to be official? Senior advisor to the president. We're not going to call him Damien. We're not going to call him the Antichrist. We're just going to call him what his official title is. Maybe he does. He, I mean, he, lo- he looks <laughs> like, he looks pretty evil to me. I mean, just appearances alone. <laughs> he too has since tested positive coronavirus and his wife, Katie Miller, who had Corona earlier this year, right before Stephen Miller's um, diagnosis came out, Katie Miller was online poking fun at Kamala Harris, who mm-hmm. wants to have plexiglass around her for tonight's debate. And so as soon as that came out, as soon as she was, you know, online poking fun at Kamala Harris, then comes word that Stephen Miller has coronavirus. In addition to that, we got word or we were reminded of the fact that Stephen Miller's grandmother died earlier of this year of coronavirus, but he denied it. He denied it to the press. He denied it in public. His uncle was the one who had to confirm that, yes, my mother, Stephen's grandmother, had coronavirus. It is was the cause of her death. It's on her death certificate. So we have all of these liars coming to roost in the White House with the Rona. In addition to that, a Coast Guard um, and a general with the Coast Guard tested positive for coronavirus, which sent a trickle effect um, throughout the military and the Pentagon. So this thing just keeps getting bigger and bigger and bigger. Meanwhile, your president, the POTUS, Donald J. Trump, uh, went back to the Oval Office today. He says that he's feeling great. Mm-hmm. He initially mm-hmm. said he wasn't going to sign a stimulus package. Then he said, eh. Then he said, I'll do it after I get elected. Now he's talking about a stimulus package again. So these are the updates going into tonight's debate. So keep that in mind as you're listening to what the vice presidential candidates have to say. See how many times. They say COVID. See how many times, particularly Mike Pence says COVID. Double shots if he acknowledges the coronavirus. (laughs) (laughs) Well, some people are going to get drunk. Uh, Fortunately, I don't drink, so I'm good. (laughs) All right, thanks for the update. So let's go ahead and get into the show. We have a lot of new viewers tonight. So let me tell tell you guys what Truth, Lies, and Shenanigans is all about. We'll be sharing our truths and opinions with you, calling out the lies, and pointing out those ridiculous shenanigans going on. But most importantly on this show, we try to have fun with some shenanigans of our own. But we do have one rule, one rule for the hosts, no cussing. If you're caught cussing, it's a $10 penalty. And if you guys are caught cussing three times in the same show, you'll be writing a love letter. (laughs) He wrote me beautiful letters. I saw that, Lizzie. They're great letters. To Lizzie's friend, because she's she's well on her way. Writing a love letter to Trump. All right. So hopefully we don't have to do that. Lizzie might enjoy it. All right. <laughs> Tonight, guys, we have a very special guest spotlight. Tonight's guest spotlight is musician, composer, producer, Justin Moore. Dustin, welcome to the show. Hey. Welcome, guys. Thanks for having me. Oh, man, I love that voice, that deep voice. Yeah, I'm telling you. <laughs> All right, let me quickly introduce you uh, to our listeners, Dustin. Dustin is, an owner, uh, is the owner of Moore Sound Recording Studio in Sudbury, Ontario. 
He's a multi-instrumentalist, composer, music teacher, recording and mixing engineer, producer, and all-around music lover. He's open for bands like The Trues, Buck, Buck Cherry, and Honeymoon Suite. And he works with our very own Rob B's band, Fallen Machine. He's a university student studying communications and film, and he's truly multi-talented because he also enjoys IT, acting, and screenwriting. Dustin, it's truly an honor to have you on our show tonight. Welcome. Oh, thank you so much. I'm happy to be here. Happy to be here. All right. So, Dustin, tell us a little bit more about yourself. Uh, what was your journey towards becoming a musician and producer um, and working with these amazing bands? Uh, it's It's been long. I mean, I, st I started uh, playing guitar when I was a teenager and uh, just fell in love with music and, uh, you know, had some high school bands like a lot of guys do. And uh, then after, um, yeah, after high school and into college and that, there wasn't really much musical happening in my life. You know, I was, uh, yeah, just kind of working, going to school, just kind of living right um and then uh, after quite a few years of working in retail i just had this kind of like empty feeling you know i was i was missing music i was missing playing with bands i was missing writing and kind of creating uh, i missed that creative outlook being able to express myself um and fortunately enough one of the guys i worked with uh, was kind of into the local music scene around here and i invited me out to jam and then we eventually just formed a band and uh we started playing, and that was uh, vintage slang. And so we played for a couple years, just jamming uh, in his basement, uh, playing cover tunes. And uh, eventually, we started writing our own stuff. I started bringing some ideas. A couple of the other guys were bringing some ideas, and we'd hammer them out. And eventually, we got enough stuff together to uh, put together an album. And so we found um, kind of a local friend uh, who had his own little studio set up going and uh, was willing to kind of help us out uh, producing a record on the cheap. And uh, we released it and we loved it. And so then we started playing shows and, uh, you know, we played a lot of bars, um, you know, around Northern Ontario and, um, we ended up, you know, jamming once or twice a week, and eventually we decided to make another album. I decided to push a little harder, and that's when we started getting better opportunities. We were getting uh, offers to play festivals, and we had a couple uh, really fun opportunities, like um, you know, you'd mentioned like the Trues and Buck Cherry, that kind of thing. Like those were huge highlights for uh, for me at least. Oh, I know the rest of the guys too, um, but yeah, just uh, unreal. And then um, yeah, and then about three years ago, my wife and I bought. Uh, our first house and it was really important to me to have a creative space and I had really been into recording but I didn't really have the space or the gear to be able to do it uh, and when we moved in here um, I just kind of ran with it started buying gear started taking courses online started uh, just really diving headfirst into it and then um, formed another band with uh, Rob and actually Rob and I had had uh, at work on our lunches been jamming out like acoustic covers and that uh, for, for a good while like uh, what a year or so and uh, I want yeah yeah and I wanted to do something um, I wanted to do something bigger. Like I wanted to actually like, you know, play some shows with them and that like my band vintage slang, it was a lot of fun and uh, we still play, we're still releasing stuff okay. and it's like a nineties alt rock kind of thing. But I like, I love all kinds of music. So I didn't want to just 
just do that, right? And Rob shares some similar uh, tastes uh, to me uh, musically. And so we wanted to do something a little heavier, uh, something a little more progressive, get in that kind of tool, a perfect circle kind of vein. Um, and uh, even like, you know, Metallica, some 80s thrash stuff in there too, uh, just for good measure. And yes, yeah, so we started uh, doing that. And then yeah, we got into recording and I got more bands kind of locally reaching out wanting to record stuff. And so I've been bringing them in and uh, been able to work as a, a producer helping kind of bands take their songs uh, and kind of flesh them out and really w take them through the recordings process start to finish. And uh, it just it keeps picking up. I love it. That's awesome. I've got some, you said vintage slang. I've got some uh, vintage slang. Let's listen to it. That's, that's that's vintage slang and these of course fallen machine we have to play some fallen machine just when you are we the drummer on this one uh i was drumming and uh playing guitar and doing uh backups uh with rob there on that one. Oh, nice Nice. Right, mm -hmm. uh, one more clip. I want one more clip. Y'all were hyping up Taylor Swift. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, that's actually uh, one of my newer projects. That's uh, the band's 986. Uh, so we're kind of like a pop punk kind of thing. That was the first single we released. We wanted to do a cover, something kind of fun. It was at the start of the whole COVID thing. So we had to do that all remotely. Uh, so like I recorded the drums and the bass here. Our guitarist uh, laid down his guitar tracks at his place. Our singer annoyed his neighbor singing in his apartment. Um, and then everyone just sent everything my way. We mixed it up and uh, recorded our own parts. Made a little video out of it. We wanted to, kind of, you know, it was that corny, but, you know, shake off the whole COVID thing. You know, don't let it get you down type thing. And yeah. <laughs> hey, I was going to ask hey. you how the COVID thing was going for you. Are, are you... Uh, yeah, don't lie. Are you finding that it's... Uh, better for you have more time or are you finding it's more difficult to work or what are you finding it's really a mixed bag so like on one hand um well it, even just to, like uh, every couple of days i'm getting uh messages from different musicians around here wanting to record here you know they want to come in and you know i've had a couple i've had to turn down a couple jobs for recording albums and singles and that kind of thing and that sucks um but um i have been doing a lot of remote sessions so people just recording their stuff and sending it to me and then doing some mixing uh the little clip you used uh, in the intro um there's this uh, local kind of like acoustic-y kind of act uh, death or never die and they um uh, they recorded their stuff at home and sent it my way and then i got to actually like layer in some synth and some strings and do a bit of percussion to it just to kind of jazz it up uh so uh, it's i'd say the the amount of work i'm getting is close to the same mm -hmm. uh it's just a type of work right I, I don't i'm not really uh getting to the actual recording part as much uh right now so. lizzie did you have some questions for us? 
So pre-COVID, I mean, obviously you're in Canada. Pre-COVID, were you working with any artists down here in the States or was it strictly mostly throughout Canada, Ontario? Uh, pretty uh, exclusively Ontario. Yeah, uh, nothing. I haven't branched out that far yet. I would love to, uh, for sure. Um, and I know we've got, uh, like through the different bands, we've got some listeners in the States and uh, well, all over the place. But uh, yeah, it's uh, when it comes to the mixing stuff, it would be really great. Um, so yeah, if anyone in the States needs anything mixed, let me know. <laughs> but uh, uh, recording, it's uh, because it's such a you got to be here type thing, right? It's, it's easier to work with. Uh, bands from the area for sure i have some mixing i need then <laughs> i can help we want to remix our theme song a little bit my way let me know what you want we'll uh we'll spice it up for sure right. nice so, like, once you get back into your regular routine aside from the actual artist that is going to be on the vocals if you are recording something and they are there with you in the flesh who has to wear a mask and who is exempt from wearing a mask well right now um i am not bringing well and uh, once well once covid ends then you know great we can carry on as normal but uh for the time being um i've basically said i, I won't record vocals here because it record it requires you not having a mask on and you are in the words of our prime minister speaking very moistly at our uh, at my microphones and uh, that's just <laughs> Or <laughs> that's just a recipe for, uh, you know, spreading that kind of thing around. And the studio is in my home, right? And so I don't want to bring that in here. Uh, you know, we have family members we care about, and we rather err on the side of caution. Um, but I will, uh, once it's kind of settled down a little bit, I will be bringing in, you know, guitarist, bassist, uh, pianist, that kind of thing. And it'll be everyone's got to wear a mask. We got to be socially distant, and you got to sanitize your hands before touching anything. And it's, yeah, it's just the way it's got to be. Gotcha. Gotcha. Rob? Rob? Mm -hmm. What has been the high point of your musical endeavors at this point? Oh, that's, that's tough. There's, I, I mean, I kind of, there, there's been a couple milestones, right? So, uh, like one of them was just seeing, seeing something that I, you know, wrote or co-wrote and performed um, on like iTunes and Spotify, that kind of thing like that. That was definitely a big milestone to see in that. That was super cool. But uh, some of the bigger shows, like um, I remember um, when the Trues was the first big band we got to open for. And um, I remember I was... Uh, yeah, I was uh, driving to band practice with our singer, Matt, and uh, he was telling me that, uh, you know, the Trues are coming to town. He's a big fan. He's seen them over a dozen times. And, uh, you know, it'd be super cool to be able to open for them, you know. And, it, you know, his birthday was like the day before, the day of, something like that, the show. And so I was like, man, wouldn't that be like the best birthday present ever? And our drummer, Av, um, ha you know, he'd been talking, Matt had been talking to Av about that uh earlier as well and Av actually went ahead and uh, contacted one of our uh, one of our contacts at the local radio station 
and said, hey, you know, this is a scenario. It would be really cool if, uh, if they need an opener, you know, we're willing to do it. Um, you know, any chance you could kind of reach out to them? And they said, yeah, sure, we'll reach out to them. And, and they asked for our music, so we sent it their way. And uh, then we got a call uh, a little later saying, yeah, you're on the bill. Uh, get ready to play. And, uh, yeah, that was, uh, that was huge. And, uh, yeah, and then the Buck Cherry show was kind of a similar thing, actually. That... That was the last big show I think that I really played, um, and that was uh, my wife and I were at uh, Garden Center <laughs> shopping for uh, you know some plants and that for uh, for the garden out back, and uh, I got a phone call uh, from our drummer, and uh, he said, "Yeah, you know, what are you doing Saturday?" I said, "Oh, I don't know, playing in the garden, doing some yard work, that kind of thing." He's like, "Can you play a show?" I guess so. Yeah. You know, where he's like, Oh, well it's for, you know, opening for Buck Cherry. Oh, well, gee. Wow. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Uh, okay. Yeah. Sure. But he's just all nonchalant about it. It was, <laughs> that was funny, but yeah, it was, um, yeah, I love, I love playing live. I love being on stage. Um, we got to play one show in Timmins. Um, and it was kind of a festival thing. It was outdoors. Uh, there's about 3000 people there, uh, which is probably the biggest crowd I've had. And, uh, yeah, when you're just being on stage, playing some music and looking out and seeing people just like, you know, bobbing their head, tapping their toe, singing along, that kind of thing. Um, yeah, super, super cool. Uh, it's, uh, it's unlike anything else. It's just, there's this, uh, connection you have with the audience. Right. And it just, it's just pure awesomeness. And, uh, yeah, and then afterwards, you know, meeting up, uh, you know, we go to the merch table afterwards, and you know, people stop and buy. Oh, I love the show, and buying CDs and stuff, and chatting us up, and it's just, uh, yeah, it's just a really cool experience all the way around. Now you know how you're supposed to answer that question, Dustin. You're supposed to start off with Rob B. Like that's the most memorable person. <laughs> the most memorable that's what he was looking for. That that was the correct way. answer. <laughs> <laughs> We do have our spider moment that I will never will never forget. You said spider moment. <laughs> yes, yes. We, we like Dustin had mentioned. We would just get together, bring our acoustic guitars to work. I am deathly afraid of spiders. I'm okay. an arachnophobe through and through. And while we were playing, as the song was wrapping up, I could see Dustin just looking over my head. As I was like, "What?" He's like, "Dude, dude." And I looked up and I saw this darn spider. It had to be <laughs> it's not huge, but intimidating enough for me. And I banjo kazooied that thing. I took my guitar and I swatted. I destroyed <laughs> that spider. <laughs> so Dustin, the spider, but what about the guitar? Well, the guitar was fine. It didn't smash against the wall. The, the, the spider was suspended in midair. Yes. So Dustin, now, I, I tried to. Yeah. Oh, does he play instruments? Oh, he plays instruments. Yeah. He was playing the guitar. Play? I mean, he was playing well, the drums in that guitar. in that clip. Guitar, drums, anything else? Uh, bass um, and a uh, bit of piano. Um, yeah, I'm uh, getting better. Um, <laughs> and uh, yeah, I used to play. I used to play alto sax. It's been years though. I'd love to get back into it, um, but just haven't. And I've got a violin kicking around. I've been meaning to dust the. Uh, Dust off, I guess. Violin, wow. <laughs> Multi talented uh, for sure. I played the violin in fourth grade and it was a disaster. <laughs> a disaster. It's an instrument that requires some finesse in order for it to not sound like a dying cat. Like it, <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> well, I've tried to dabble in uh, in the early days of uh, Truth Lies shenanigans with producing some music because um, we couldn't use copyrighted music. So I figured I'd try to you know make my own. Now I didn't produce any hits, <laughs> <laughs> but it was definitely fun. So I'm if I had more time, I'd actually do it more. But what advice would you would you give to people who who want to do what you do? Oh well, the like I mean the, the well the number one uh, thing is, is like it sounds obvious, but just do it. Um, it's it's time on. It's that whole ten thousand hours thing, right? Um, like I've been the recording, um, the recording producing that that side of it. I've been dabbling at for years and years and years, and it wasn't really until the past couple of years when I was dedicating time regularly into it um actively pursuing it uh, there is so much to know like I, I feel like i've spent thousands of hours um uh both uh, kind of uh uh learning online and like uh, well and in person and uh, and applying it um but i feel like i know so little um still uh, i'm always learning something new um you know, it's, um, it's, it's easy to get caught up in, you know, okay, well, this isn't good enough, or I need the next new shiny thing. I need this piece of equipment or this mm -hmm. tool, this software. Whatever. Um, but in truth, you really only need uh, basic, basic setup, um, depending on what you want to accomplish, right? It, at the end of the day, um, you know, that said all that is the, the tools don't make the artist, right? Um, it's how you use them and your knowledge of them. You can do a surprising amount with very little. Um, and I'd say solicit feedback, like like legitimate feedback. Your friends and family and that are, you know, they're sweet people. They love you. They're going to tell you that everything you do is awesome. And, and that's nice, but that's not what you need to hear. Uh, you really need to learn how to take constructive criticism. Um, so you've got to find the right people. There's people online you can reach out to in different forums and platforms. You can say, hey, this is what I did. Share your honest thoughts. And people won't hesitate to tell you what they think. And uh, you can't take it all to heart. And, you know, you have to you have to sift through. There's some people who are just, they're going to hate. And you, you just got to ignore them. But, you know, if someone says, oh, you know, it's, it's, it's a little thin sounding, the mix. Or it's kind of boring, that kind of thing. Um, you, you really got to look into that and weigh it out and uh, try and use that. that. That's been such a huge growth opportunity for me is uh, getting uh, this honest, uh, minimally biased feedback from people. Um, it's really helped me grow as, as an artist in just about every respect. And so I'd say to anyone else, learn to take constructive criticism. Uh, don't get defensive about it. Don't, uh, don't let it, you know, stop you from doing what you're doing. Use it to push you further. Awesome. And in, that's some comments and to, questions online. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead Rob. A quick supplement to Dustin's uh, answer. Um, when you're soliciting that feedback from that select cadre, just the, the one thing that I see so many musicians do that I hear, Hey, I record all of my stuff but I don't let anybody listen to it. If you don't share it with anyone, you'll never know what kind of potential your music has. If, if it's something personal and therapeutic, then go for it. It's, it's amazing, it's beautiful. But if you're spending the time to record what you are doing, your original productions, by all means, share them with the world. If Tiny Tim had a successful musical career, you can too. <laughs> <Tiny Tim. laughs> 
Music is communal. It's meant to be shared. That's uh, that's what it's all about. All right, we've got a couple minutes. Let me. That's kind of like writers. Writers don't like to share all the time what they write as well. Is I think it's a trait of a characteristic of a lot of artists. You know, very sensitive, very -hmm. protective of their work. And like you said, if someone criticizes, then that just breaks your heart, and you throw everything away, and you don't want to play anything for anyone else again. All right. This is a question from Rupka. If you could play any instrument you don't know, what would you play? Ooh. Ooh. That's a tough one. Um, you know, maybe, um, maybe something like a cello would be super cool. Um, I think, I think that's something. <laughs> you know, um, yeah. Uh, any classical instrument, actually, um, I would, uh, I mean, I've dabbled in violin, but I'd love to actually be able to play violin. Um, it's, it's such a beautiful instrument uh, and has so many good uses uh, in music. Uh, that's I'd love that. And there's also a lot of um, uh, I, there's a lot of like Middle Eastern percussion that I really really like. Uh, um, you know, tablas I absolutely love the sound of, mm-hmm. um, and uh, I, I've been resisting picking up a set but i uh one of these days i'll pull the trigger and uh yeah that would be a blast jose says the uh, cello is amazing one other question from rupka so who is your dream collaboration with oh god um, don't say rob b no, i've already lived that <laughs> <laughs> uh oh man uh i mean anyone really um no i would say (laughs) (laughs) um dave grohl i think would be awesome uh one he um man he's an incredibly talented drummer singer guitarist uh musician he knows his way around a studio i uh, I have massive respect for him and everything he does Mm -hmm. um He's, you know, also I, He's also from Washington, D.C. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, and I've always, uh, I've always kind of had a, a soft spot for uh, Trent Reznor as well. Um, mm. You know, he's uh, you know a very DIY kind of guy, um, and I've always loved the his kind of creativity, and um, you know, he's got a really great story. You know how we how we came into music and that kind of thing. And uh, I think I think I could learn a lot from him and it could be a lot of fun. Awesome. All right. Well, unfortunately, that's all the time we got. So any last words, anything you want to share with your, your audience out there, with our viewers? Any last words you want to share? Uh, well, I mean, first off, uh, thank you so much for having me on. Uh, thank you for coming. You know, it's been great. Really appreciate it. Um, but uh, yeah, if you uh, if you've ever thought of uh, getting into music, uh, just do it. Don't hold back. Uh, don't uh, and don't let uh, don't let the best get in the way of better. You know, just because you're not uh, a virtuoso musician of any type, or you may never be, doesn't mean that you can't contribute something valuable to music. Your unique perspective um, and life experience is what is going to uh, come through in your art and make uh, make your music special, and that's what makes it worth hearing. Um, yeah, that's that's really it. And how can people find you? Uh, all over the place. So, uh, on, uh, on, 
Uh, on Facebook and Instagram, um, you can uh, check out my studio. More Sound Recording uh, is on there, uh, as well as uh, Fallen Machine and uh, Vintage Slang and 986. And uh, also there's a bit uh, on YouTube as well. And then, of course, uh, my website, moresoundrecording.com. You can check out some of the stuff I've been working on. And uh, if you're in the area or if you need some mixing in that, you can see what I have to offer. Okay. And there's some comments online. If you want to check those out, you can add some comments if you like once you leave us. So, but again, thank you for joining us, Dustin. It's been great. Uh, Thanks so much, guys. Really appreciate it. Thank you for Thanks, giving Justin. us an authentic Canadian accent. Rob has been holding out on us with the accent. <laughs> <but> thank <laughs> you so much. All right, Dustin. Yeah, yeah. I... oh, cut him off a little too early. Dustin was great. Great. He was great. Oh, was awesome. So when are we gonna get that? When are we gonna get you and Dustin gonna collaborate? When are we gonna get oh, that you, going? Again. You've heard some Fallen Machine stuff. There's still some stuff that we've recorded off the floor. Hopefully we can throw some of that together. Um, like he was saying, that the big challenge recording vocals right now, uh, I know that he and I have discussed some possible solutions to get around that, but nothing that we've implemented uh, at this time. But it would be great to be back in the recording studio with my boys again. That would be awesome. It would be. And that's something I think a lot of people don't think about in terms of the music industry and how COVID has affected what musicians normally would be doing right now, even with studio time, especially like Dustin, who has a studio at home. Mm-hmm. Like you said, he's not going to bring anyone into his house. So it kind of puts a lot of things on hold for a little bit. Yep. And uh, I just want to point out one, one comment from my sister. Uh, she, she just gave me a confession, a shenanigans confession. She said she broke a string. On, I was learning guitar when I was little. My, my parents brought me a guitar. And she she confessed that she broke a string on my on my guitar and uh, just covered it up by putting it back. And I remember that. <laughs> I actually remember that broken that broken string. But anyway, all right, let's move on to our hot topics. <laughs> if this is the way hot topics works, I'll pick one of our hosts. They will let you know if their topic is a truth, lie, or shenanigan. Then we'll talk about it until we see our friend Genji. Genji will let us know the time is up. And then we'll be looking online for your comments and questions, and we'll talk about it a little bit more. Once we're done, we'll go on to the next host and the next topic. All right, we're going to start today off with Liz E. Liz E, is this a truth? Is this a lie? Or is it shenanigans? shenanigans but it should be expected you know given who the major players are here so we're talking about um supreme court non-justice clarence thomas and (laughs) justice samuel alito and them mostly clarence thomas because he's the one who wrote um the the terminology on this but basically they're speaking out against the 2015 supreme court decision in support of same-sex marriage rights and he felt compelled to bring this up at this time because the court has once again struck down an appeal from kim davis for those of you who don't remember kim davis was the county clerk 
Clark from Kentucky, who in 2014, 2015, refused to um, conduct a same-sex marriage, which by law, by the terms of her job, she has to do, but she refused to do it because of her religious beliefs, her religious liberties, if you will. She felt that they were being violated. And because she, um, because of her religion is against same-sex marriage, she should not have been forced to perform them. So of course, Justice Thomas and Alito, they both came out and said, while they don't think that the Supreme Court should hear her case again, They do believe that a mistake was made in 2015 with the declaration that same-sex marriages should be legal because it's not taking into account people's religious liberties or beliefs. So my question to the panel, and I know Rob is itching to talk about this, what is your perspective, particularly from... Clarence Thomas, and I'll I'll say why I bring up Clarence Thomas um, specifically, but Rob? It's, um, yeah, I I really don't know why the comment uh, needed to be made because Ms. Davis has, I mean, she lost her job, she did jail time, um, and I believe there's still some legal action uh, against her at uh, the lower court level. And I think that's part of the reason why the Supreme Court didn't want to um, review her appeal at this time. But um, yeah, it, it, his comments rubbed me the wrong way too, Liz. It's, um, it, it is it's problematic at best. So it's, um, I'm glad that the appeal was rejected and that we're going to hold civil servants to task. They have... It, it, it's their obligation, their obligation at the end of the day. I don't care what your personal or religious beliefs are when you are hired in that type of position. If you hold a federal or state level position, you have to uphold the rule of law, uh, whether you agree with it or not. Yeah, I mean, yeah. The, the decision, this decision is a is the correct one. But one of the things that, um, that Thomas said in his dissent was, he noted that same-sex marriage is not mentioned in the Constitution. But that's idiotic in the sense that neither is regular marriage. <laughs> so. or, or, Neil, neither is interracial marriage. And Clarence Thomas, his it's wife is white. Great He's married point. to a white woman. And for a long time in this country, it was illegal. Interracial marriage was illegal. Yep. So... That's one of my main issues with Clarence Thomas on this particular um, situation. But continue, Neil. I did, didn't want to throw you completely no, off. That's, that's fine. No, I, you know, yeah, I have a I have a problem with with Clarence Thomas anyway. I mean, he's clearly doesn't we. He and I would not agree on much of anything because um, <laughs> you know all of his decisions. You know, and it's a shame. I mean, even even when we're talking about race um, or gender equality or other things. I mean, he is a dissenter often, which is frustrating. Um, you know, even with the Anita Hill thing, yeah, I was going to mention the loving Virginia versus Virginia thing, but um, Jacqueline Robson just pointed that out. But yeah, it's, he's, he's a dissenter. I mean, he, he's against all that is, and it's not just conservatism. It doesn't feel like it's just conservatism. It feels like a chip on his shoulder for some reason. And I don't understand why. Um, but yeah, justice, justice annoys me often. 
Go ahead, Lizzie. Well, here's something to take note of. Uh, even though um, the late Justice Anthony Scalia um, voted against same-sex marriage, he wasn't in favor of this particular case with Kim Davis. And he warned against the position taken by Thomas and Alito in the Employment Division versus Smith, noting that because the government is not allowed to define what religious beliefs are proper or improper, allowing someone to call, to claim privileges or exemptions from otherwise neutral laws based on their beliefs is an invitation to anarchy. Like, where does it end? And this was Scalia saying this, mm -hmm. one of the most conservative Supreme Court justices that we've ever had. But he recognized that it's a can of worms. It's Pandora's box. It like, the law is the law. If you feel in your heart that your religion does not allow you to do your do your your job as you are um, you sign papers to do based on what the law of that particular state the law of the country is then don't take the job right there are thousands hundreds of thousands of other jobs out there find a job that is in your christian faith or quit exactly i mean she had that option she had that option there's a comment online so saima fatima um says in some religions, it shouldn't. She says, "I shouldn't have married my husband because we are of mm. two different religions and race. The mm -hmm. people have the right to refuse to issue a, us a license based on their belief." What do you and, think? And that's and that's again, that's where the box is opening. That's when you say, "Okay, so then what is allowable right. and what isn't allowable, and what religion?" Again. We all know that in this country, Christianity is the dominant religion. So let's just say, for example, if this was a Muslim saying that she wasn't going to marry a Christian couple, do you think people would have been siding with that Muslim in the United States of America? Absolutely not. Absolutely mm. not. Um, so Mike Winter says the issue is that she is being sued by the couples whom she illegally refused to give licenses to despite the legal right to obtain them civil lawsuit is allowed without qualified immunity which most government officials have when they are doing their jobs she was acting outside of the scope of her job and therefore she deserves no qualified immunity so the civil suit may proceed yeah. and let me just point out because a lot of times people when they pull out you know their religious belief or whatever they pick and choose what they want to adhere to what they want to acknowledge. You know, Kim Davis was shacked up with someone for years, mm -hmm. not married to that person. What does the Bible say about that? It's not and for why, it. Why did, why did it not apply to her? But yet she can look at this couple who, again, is going to the courthouse um, asking for a marriage license and to be married through the laws of the land and then she pulled out the religion card oh. unbelievable i mean now thomas and alito never said anything about religion right that i'd be i'd be shocked if they said anything like in their origin in their original descent i'm not sure okay. i'm not sure okay um, um but, yeah. this, but this latest um position by clarence thomas definitely cited religious liberties Jackson says, Jackson is sin. 
What say again? Daxton, Kevin Daxton said, Shacken is sin. <laughs> well, it's not a sin to me because, you know, I don't have those same religious beliefs. So if you want to shock up, go right ahead. Just make sure you shock it up and wrap it up. <laughs> he also wow. said uh, LGBTQ couples have the right to be miserable, just like heterosexual couples. They do. <laughs> All right. Um, well, let's go ahead and move on. So uh, we're looking good on time. I know we got to be done by nine. So before actually, we got to be done before nine. So Rob B, his truth lies or shenanigans, buddy. Uh, this is some beautiful truth. Beautiful, beautiful truth. truth. Beautiful. I truth. think so. I think so. It started out with some shenanigans, but it evolved into something beautiful. Um, during the presidential debate, uh, I'm sure everyone will recall uh, Mr. Trump's, uh, President Trump's comments to the Proud Boys, stand back and stand by. Um, for those who may not be aware, the Proud Boys is a f- ultra right wing group, um, strong ties to uh, white nationalists and uh, such organizations. Uh, they have been known to incite violence at uh, political gatherings and whatnot. Generally not the ideal type of group. Here, let me play but, that clip of uh, Trump real quick. Please. I'm going to call him. Give me a name. Give me a white name. White supremacist and right and stand by. But I'll tell you what. I'll tell you what. Go ahead. Proud <laughs> boy. Stand back and stand by. Yeah. So, um, Gavin McInnes, the um, current leader of the Proud Boys, was thrilled with this uh, mention. And he told, told his Proud Boys that, don't stand down. Don't stand by. Donald, they, they, they answered me. So, a few days later, uh, George Takei decided to respond to these events and what he did was absolutely beautiful so they've taken a right-wing group that's based in hate and xenophobia and they've decided to attack it with the reclamation of proud boys they're attacking them with love and acceptance so george decay (laughs) has reached out to the gay community and said we're reclaiming proud boys so take pictures with your proud boys with your significant other demonstrate your love and how proud you are and just hashtag proud boys on all of it and it's uh, some of the images that have come forth are absolutely beautiful this is just it's love it's pure and simple and i don't know why we should be denying these people the right to just be in love with the people that they are so i'm looking more for reactions to (laughs) <laughs> yeah, that's just beautiful. These are proud boys. These are Nazis. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, can I jump in? I, I'll start. I'll start it off. I mean, I was. Wait, what okay. was the question? There's no real question here. It's more of a reaction to, I guess, the tactic that George Takei has decided to employ. Yeah. So I, when I first saw this, I was. I was ecstatic. I mean, I thought it was the, the funniest thing ever. I mean, it's the best thing you can do. I mean, because, you know, they, Proud Boys are neo-Nazis, anti-fascists, etc., right-wing, alt-right. So as far as being gay, homosexual, they are probably homophobic significantly. So now George Takei has now gone and 
taken their name and made it synonymous with being gay, being a proud gay boy. So yes, hashtag proud boys, and now they've associated to hashtag pride boys. Pride so boys, love that. So they're putting the labels together. So so something that they hate is now going to be the standard for their name. I mean, they're, when you say proud boys, now all I do think about is this image right here. <laughs> so do we think then that they're going to change their name? That's These a good question. Boys? These proud white supremacists, do we think they're going to change their name? That's a great question. I mean, I, I guess it depends on how, how, how well it takes on. Yeah, they're, they're going to be resistant to it. And there may even be some clashes or just targeted attacks. But at the end of the day, this fight is already lost. Because it really is. George Takei's Proud Boys outnumbered Gavin McInnes's Proud Boys 100%. And when you have a hate-filled organization that may have a lot of uh, homophobic uh, people in their ranks, generally homophobia comes from some kind of suppressed homophobia or some suppressed uh, homophobic feelings or tendencies. When you say homophobic, <laughs> suppressed homophobia, you mean homosexual. Yeah, homosexual, yes. Yeah, so suppressed homophobes, I, I would dare say that there are quite a few peppered amongst their ranks and you know they don't even know that they're standing shoulder to shoulder maybe one in three maybe one in four because that's we know that a lot of this these homophobic sentiments come from that inner hate it does it does come from inner hate uh mike winter says i wonder if pence gets called a proud boy tonight <laughs> <laughs> Triple shots, triple shots. If Mike Pence is called a proud boy, if Kamala calls him a proud boy, triple shots. Uh, I'll make a video of triple shots. <laughs> Rupka actually agreed with your comment. Um, she he, she says that they all probably got proud boy in them anyway. Mm, mm. It's probably part mm. of it anyway. And Mike Winter proud says. No, go ahead. I was saying, Mike Winner says, Take I had received all manner of violent threats for this campaign. Takai had received all, all manner of threats for this campaign. Listen, that is Captain Sulu. Y'all better leave him alone. Y'all better leave him alone. Is he a captain? I think they mm. referred to him in, in jest as <laughs> captain. Like, you know, Captain Kirk always called him Mr. Sulu, but I think people thought, you know, you better give him his props. So people would say Captain Sulu. Um, but, you know, Star Trek Enterprise, y'all don't want to mess with any of that. <laughs> Lieutenant Commander was the max rank he ever attained. Oh, OK. Uh, yeah, Rob B. would know that. <laughs> <laughs> Rob B. would know that. Uh, I just want to say, you know. As it relates to Mr. Gavin McInnes, um, I just briefly had to check someone on our website earlier this week because they tried to make the assumption that because certain factions of the Proud Boys in this country have brown people as a part of the group, therefore they can't be white supremacists. They can't be. Listen, yeah. there are a lot of brown people in this country, persons of color who work against their best interests, but truth of the matter is the co-founder and one of the leaders of the proud boys is a, a, a british canadian white supremacist 
and he does not like anyone who does not look like him. So beware, but be proud. All right, right on time. All right. So we got to start wrapping it up so we can start up our watch party. Let's get right into shenanigans. That's it for Hot Topics first. And let's jump right into our game show. I don't even know what the game is. What's tonight's game? I have no idea. Gonna be real simple tonight. Tonight's game is truth or lie. We're going to do this round robin style. I'll read a fun fact on the screen and we'll each have to decide if it's the truth or a lie. For every one we get right, uh, you get a point. A person with the most points wins and you guys online see if you can uh, guess some of these as well. All right. So we're going to do round robin. Let's start with uh, Lizzie. Lizzie. That's the question. Truth or lie? Yeah, we're going to go straight into it. Truth or lie? There is no Nobel Prize in mathematics. So you're asking the person that's least likely to know anything about math. Okay. Um, this is a truth. Truth. All right, let's see. This is true. Lizzie gets a point. Good job, Lizzie. Nice. All right, Robbie. Let's give you the next one. Truth or lie? A group of jellyfish is called a smack. <laughs> I know a group of sugars, sugar puffs is called a smack, but uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm going to say false. I have no idea. False. Let's see. It is true. True. It's smack? They're called a, a smack. smack of jellyfish. Jellyfish bringing the smack down. All right. I will remember Even that. when they pee on you, so you say, damn, that smack of jellyfish peed on me. <laughs> hey, when do jellyfish pee on people? What are you talking about? <laughs> No. <laughs> oh, no, you're supposed to pee. I'm sorry, you're supposed to pee on the jellyfish bite. My bad. My bad. <laughs> so when the smack bites you, get somebody to pee on the smack, the smack bite. All right. <laughs> True or false? Buzz Aldrin was the first man to urinate on the moon. Nice segue. <laughs> jellyfish and pee. Now we're talking about moon pee. How am I um, supposed to know that? Who knows that? This is that's my this is my question. Hold on, this is my question. Uh, so uh, I don't know. Um, I'm just gonna say to your, I'm gonna say truth. It just it's gotta be true, right? Diaper, diaper up. <laughs> All right. Neil <laughs> yeah, gets a point. All right, Lizzie. True or false? Truth or lie, sorry. Alcohol content does not affect the color of beer. Lie. Shenanigans. <laughs> Shenanigans. Probably more likely shenanigans. Let's see. So you're saying false. This is true. All right. No points for Lizzie on this. I'm one. not a beer drinker. So, Mike, when are you supposed to text me and help me out on that? I know. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Robbie, is this yeah, a man. truth or lie? In all of Greenland, there are only two traffic lights. You know, that's, there's, yeah, there's like no population out there. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say true. I heard that somewhere that I think that is the case. Yes, that is true. All right, I don't believe Bar it. RB gets on the board with one point. All right, for me, Olympus Mons, Mount Olympus on Mars, is taller than Mount Everest. Uh, I don't know. I'm going to go with true. Sure is. Oh, you know it? Okay. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Mount Olympus is massive. He climbed it. He climbed it. 
<laughs> I <ain't probably> <laughs> All right. So this is the last round. Neo is in the lead with two. Lizzie's got one. Rob's got one. All right. So let's do. Let's see. Everybody still has a chance. Let's go. Truth or lie, the city of Detroit rewarded Saddam Hussein with the keys to the city. Lizzie. That cannot be true. For what? Yeah, it doesn't make any sense, right? I'm going to agree with you on that one. Oh, it's true. So, he was a despot ruler. How many cars do you think he bought? First of all, did you watch Three Kings? I know how many cars he bought. Watch Three Kings with Mark Wahlberg and George Clooney and the underground um, yeah. underground lot of all of his cars. But I can't believe George I allowed Saddam to have the key to the city. Like, oh my gosh. All right, we got to move on. Rob B., uh, the most popular sport in Roman Empire was archery. Uh, lie. lie. I'm going to say lie. Wrestling. Wrestling. That is false. Point for Rob B. All right. Next one for me, and this is, this is for the win. Uh, with the energy released by a burp, we could light 10 bulbs for an hour. It's got to be false. With a burp? False. Yes. All right. Yeah. I win. Woo. You need a stadium full of people to generate that much noise. <laughs> it's true. You need that much. All right, guys. Neo cheats again. Didn't cheat. All right. So let's get in quick shout outs. Quick shout outs. Very, very quick. We got three minutes. Three minutes for the debate starts. Lizzie, shout out. Shout out to Justin, uh, Justin, shout out to Dustin Moore for joining us tonight. It's always good to have someone outside of the continental United States to give some other perspective. So hopefully you guys will go to his website and you guys will start recording all of this fabulous music. All right, Robbie, shout out. Um, shout out to Dustin. See you at work tomorrow, buddy. Um, shout out to my wife and my daughter, my mom, the people who are tuning in regularly. Much appreciated. Uh, my cousin Gino, who tuned into the live stream uh, for the first time. Good to see you, brother. Very good to see you. And right. uh, everybody else, I hope that you enjoyed the debate. All right. And my shout outs to all the new viewers we had. I don't have a lot of time or I'd go more deep, but uh, that's our show. All right. So we got like debate coming, y'all. Yeah, we got to get to the bait. So I, I'd like to thank you. For, thank you guys for joining us. We hope you maybe learned something new, gained a new perspective, even got some things off your chest if you needed to. Don't forget to like, follow, subscribe at TLS Live Show. And soon, keep an eye out. Keep an eye out for within the next week or so, iTunes and Spotify podcast. Yes, um, we're coming at you. Although, of course, don't forget our viewers and commenters know it's way more fun live. Um, make sure you join our next show Sunday, 8, 4 p.m. We'll have a new small business spotlight with Leah, owner of Heavenly Garden Spa. She'll be uh, sharing her challenges and successes with COVID shutdown. And she'll also be taking your questions live. I've got the final word. My final word is join our debate watch party. We'll have it live in about two minutes. So join us. Drinks ready. It should be a lot of fun, guys. A lot of fun. All right. So make sure you join. All right. That's it for the night. Great show, guys. See you guys Bye, on Sunday. Bye.